What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hey, it's Monique, and this is episode 96 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to inspire people who are thinking about going vegan to go in a way that feels good to them and to keep people who are already on a journey going. I love to talk about vegan topics, of course, food, all of that good stuff. But I also love to sprinkle in overall wellness and ownership, business ownership, because this is truly a lifestyle. So I love to be able to just share everything (laughs) about the lifestyle with you. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show. We are getting so close to episode 100. I'm actually going to record episode 100 ahead of time next week. And I'm going to be doing that with Nori, who was on episode 95, and she's going to actually interview me for that episode. So that's going to be uh, interesting. (laughs) She told me not to prepare anything, not to think about anything, and just to let it flow. So it's going to be a good episode, I think. I'm just a little nervous to talk about some things that I've never talked about before. So yeah. So stay tuned for episode 100 so you can hear more about that. But today on the show, I have Malena. I met Malena. We met last summer. Was it last summer or maybe the summer before last? We met at Vegan Soul Fest. Um, She came all the way up from Atlanta. We connected because we already knew each other from online and we met in person. So of course, I had to have her come on the show because once I meet somebody and I click with them, I always want them to come on a podcast. And so that's why we are doing this episode. Malena is a vegan athlete. She also loves raw food and juice feast. So we talk about all of that, um, about the importance of keeping the, the lifestyle as simple as possible for you. Her journey um, into veganism was actually through her spouse. So we talk about that. We also talk about being an ethical black vegan and the importance of letting go of perfection and how you should just This is truly a journey. It's not about perfectionism because I know sometimes it can feel like that. And so, of course, we dive into that topic as well. You can get all of the show notes for this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 96. So, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with Milena. My vegan journey started back in fall of 2011. I was living in Maryland. I was not together with my wife at the time she was she was at that time she was my ex-fiance and she had watched a documentary called fat sick and nearly dead and we were still friends so um she told me that she was going to try the 60-day juice fast and asked me to watch the documentary and suggested that maybe i'd try a fast as well just kind of in support of her and you know to see how i'd feel and so i did i watched it it was like eye-opening. At this time, I was a straight-up carnivore still. And so in the documentary, the guy, Joe Cross, mentions doing a 10-day juice fast. And so I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I've never done that type of challenge. I've done like, at that point, I had done South Beach uh, diets. I did calorie counting. I did some Biggest Loser program. I was always trying to lose weight. And it was always a roller coaster for me. And so I tried that 10-day juice fast. 
and by no means was I perfect on it. <laughs> like I remember specifically, I think it was like the second day of the juice feast. I had a friend come in town visiting me, a high school friend from California came to visit me and we went out to eat and I, I made my juice before we went out to eat. So I, I drank my juice. I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I could just sit at the restaurant and, you know, hang out with my friends and not have to eat. And my friends, for some reason, they don't finish all their food. I finish all my food. And so <laughs> no, I'm too. sitting there. <laughs> and even though I had already had my juice and stuff, like we're towards the end of our conversation, hanging out, there's a couple of us. And they have like quesadillas left over on their plates. And I mean, at the time, I loved quesadillas. I still do, but vegan ones, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... They were like, you're really not going to eat this whole time. I almost made it to the whole dinner. And they start like taunting me. They're like waving the last quesadillas in my face. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so I came and I had a quesadilla. But I still continued on the juice fast. Like I was like, whatever. I'm just keep on going. And so I still finished the whole 10 days. Um, I don't even know if I had another cheat within that or not. But I still felt better overall. Like in those 10 days, I was like, I dropped 10 pounds and I felt good. And I was like, whoa, like this is a feeling I've never had before. And I actually started liking the taste of some fruits and vegetables, excuse me, vegetables that I did not like before. And so I was like, okay, that was cool. But I kind of went back to my regular way of eating. But in the documentary, he suggests doing some type of cleanse every three months. So three months later, did another juice fast, lost another 10 pounds, felt great all over again. And then three months later, I did another one. And that was the, that last one was like, okay, like I'm seeing the difference of how I feel when I do this. And when I go back to eating uh, like meat and dairy and stuff. And so I was like, I'm going to go vegetarian. So the truth is after that third juice fast, one of the first things I had was trying to be quote unquote like healthy. So I was like, I'll, I'll break my fast with a nice, chicken Caesar salad <laughs> and I ate that and about a half an hour later I was like seconds away from shooting myself I was at work it was probably the most horrible experience <laughs> and I had like just left work but I wasn't at the metro yet and the, the office was right there but the main doors were closed and so I remember running around the building and going down into the um, parking garage and trying to get in that way where the, the bathrooms are on the bottom floor. And I was just like praying, like, please, please don't let me, don't let it come out, you know? And so for some reason, I kind of related that directly to eating the salad, which was mostly like meat and like Parmesan cheese and dairy Caesar dressing. That's when I was like, okay, I'm going vegetarian. So that first day after my third juice detox, I decided to go vegetarian. So that was May, 2012. And so and I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to go. This is going to be just a challenge, but I'm going to see how I can do. And so I did that and I continued to drop weight. I probably dropped a good 30 pounds from that part of my vegan journey. My mm -hmm. highest weight, I, I've been 50 pounds heavier than I am. But at that point, I probably dropped a good 30 pounds and it came off without trying. And so... Um, what did those early meals look like? What did you like to eat in the beginning? Yeah, let's see. I think my meals were actually fairly simple. Um, and it was really actually easy because I was actually living alone. In, in May 2012, I moved back to Atlanta. And so I had my own little apartment. I was able to just keep vegetables 
quinoa, like sweet potatoes and stuff like that around. So my meals tended to be just simple bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I also started exploring more in like ethnic cuisine. If I went to a restaurant, I'd go to an Indian restaurant or Thai and I'd try certain curries and all this other stuff that I actually hadn't expanded much into before going vegetarian. So I'm sure I still had um, cheese. I never really bought milk for real anyway, so that wasn't a problem. But cheese was definitely a problem. And let's see what else. Okay, well, here goes another one of my (laughs) fake it till you make it things. Since I just moved back in Atlanta in May 2012, my job was above a food court. So at lunchtime, I go to the food court. And, you know, at the food court, they offer free chicken samples. And I was like, oh, I just went vegetarian. But yeah, I'll take a chicken sample. <laughs> so I would eat a chicken sample every now and then until I can get to the point where I wouldn't take a chicken sample, but I wouldn't buy any. That's just kind of how I had to do it for me to, to like wean myself off, I guess. I kind of went all in as far as the vegetarian goes, but then I still had my little cheats here and there. I won't buy it, but if it's in front of me, maybe I might take a bite until I got to the point where I was like, no, nah, I don't need to do that. And this whole time I'm starting to learn more, read more, watch more documentaries. And so by the end of the year, I was like, oh, vegan is the way to go because this dairy stuff is terrible for you. Yeah, that's crazy how it is. And I think that's like, it's so real the way you're describing it. A lot of times we we start and we just gradually move up to it opposed to feeling like you have to do everything overnight because you mm-hmm. see so much. I Sometimes I feel like when I see things online, it gives the impression that people did it overnight. But I feel like it's more so like your journey and my journey. It was like a, a process. It wasn't something that we just woke up and said, oh, OK, I'm gonna go ahead and just do this. Yeah, I definitely think that there's like I've, I've talked to some people who do straight up go cold turkey. And I think if that's your personality type, like if there are some people who just can jump in all or nothing, they decide I'm going to do this and they freaking do it with no like problems, stumbles, whatever, you know, but for the people who aren't like that, I think it's fine. Like as long as you know, like this is your own journey and don't let it throw you off. Like I'm, I essentially tried to be like that all, like I'm just jumping all the way in. I'm going vegetarian. And then the second I started getting approached with all these little temptations, I caved, but I didn't let that derail me. Yes. You like made up for it in the next meal. It sounds like you just kept going. I just kept going. Yeah. I just kept going. Like, you know, you shake it off. I know I'm part of the society. I know how I was raised. You know, um, I know that Tillamook cheddar cheese was staple in our household. Like this big block of cheddar cheese. I loved it. What like, is it called? Tillamook. I don't know if it's all around the country. (laughs) 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 Sharp cheddar cheese is really good. We always eat it. We had it with grapes or crackers or by itself. But I mean, I absolutely loved it. So I know that like there's certain things that it's going to take a minute to maybe break or get rid of. But I think as long as you know what your goal is, you'll get there, even if you have to fake it till you make it. So like to me, that was my method. Fake it till you make it. I did like the juice fast. I didn't make it all the way through the juice fast, but I still made it you know uh, yeah, I don't think it's fake though I don't think it's fake I mean it's just life <laughs> it wasn't fake you had good intentions you set those intentions it didn't always work out perfectly but you kept going I don't think it's fake true <laughs> true 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 I don't mind looking at it that way either but I mean I, either way I think yeah as long as you kind of just know where you're going it doesn't matter how you get there. Like you, you know, you'll get there. So what's the time frame between being a vegetarian to going vegan? Like what happened to make you make that transition? 
it was really just staying immersed in information material you know like i bought the china study i watched you know all the classic documentaries just kind of learning more about about eating plants and i feel like inevitably if you actually keep researching it's really hard to it's really hard to to not pay attention to the 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 damage that dairy can do you know like a vegetarian it feels good you're like yeah I, i took this step but then when you start researching more you're like, okay, like, I can't deny that dairy probably has an effect on my eczema, my asthma, my allergies, all that type of stuff. And so I just started believing, I guess, and then trying it. I was like, well, let's see if I go without dairy, let's see how I feel. And I was one who, I had allergies growing up, or, well, my whole life, (laughs) really. And then especially moving to Georgia. In Georgia, it pollens like it snows. So you hit the season when it pollens, everything's yellow. Everything's covered. Your car is covered in pollen. It is ridiculous. So when I first moved to Georgia, I went to Georgia Tech. So I was in Georgia from 2007 into 2010, 2012 as a Maryland, and then I moved back to Georgia. When I lived in Georgia, before going vegan, I was always taking Claritin, Zyrtec. I had Benadryl all around the house. Like, this is just stuff that I grew up with anyways. My brother takes all that stuff. My parents, like, you know, it's just a normal part of life is, you know, when you get to these seasons, you have to start boosting your immune system with Claritin and Zyrtec. So when I actually went to the vegan side, because I still had to do that when I first got back to Georgia, but when I actually gave up dairy for a good amount of time, I realized I didn't need any of that anymore. Like, I wasn't, my eyes weren't itchy. I wasn't, my nose wasn't running I wasn't super mucusy or anything like that. Like, I was shocked. And so a couple of years in, I'm realizing I don't even have the medicine around the house anymore because I don't need it. It's expired. I've thrown it away. I don't need it. And I remember maybe like two years ago, my brother came to visit me and he's searching in my pantry because in our house growing up, we had a medicine cabinet in our pantry. Like our whole door was filled with drugs, like mm-hmm. just, you know. And so he's searching around my house and I'm like, what are you looking for? And he was like, like allergy medicine, where's the Zyrtec? Where's the Claritin? And I was like, I don't have it. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I don't have any more. Like, I don't need it at all. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, I haven't used it in I don't know how long, you know? And I also haven't used my asthma spray either. And I, I didn't have terrible asthma, but I had it bad enough where as a kid, I needed the nebulizer. So I needed mm-hmm. the machine um, every now and then, especially if I got sick. And then when I got sick, even as a kid and an adult, I would use my asthma spray to help clear my lungs. I haven't used my asthma spray and I don't know how long I'm still very active. I'm actually more active than I was before. So I can, you know, I run very far. <laughs> I do marathons and just ultra distance stuff. And I don't need my asthma spray. Mm, that's dope. Oh my goodness. Let's talk about that. Then your training and the work behind that. How did you get started with running? I've always been active to an extent. And then even as an adult, like when I went to Georgia tech, I got really into racquetball. And I'd play racquetball for hours on end. And if I went to the gym and worked out, I always do like two miles or so on the treadmill. That was my, that was my running. So as far as like actually doing like 5Ks and stuff like that, I never did any, I never really ran over two miles at once inside on the treadmill. I never was an outdoor runner. That wasn't my thing. I got into it. Once again, my wife, she's had a very positive influence on my life. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) So... Like I mentioned, when I lived in Maryland, 
at the end of it, we weren't together. But when I moved back to Atlanta, I wanted to get back with her. And so part of my way of doing that, I was just trying to spend whatever time I could. And she, since she had already told me about the juice fast and stuff, she was on her own, her own health journey. And so in that journey, she wanted to run a half marathon. Actually, eventually she wanted to run a full marathon, but she was like, you know, I'm running, I'm going to run this half marathon. Will you run it with me? And I was like, yeah, I would do anything, <laughs> you know, to spend time with you. So yes, and so <laughs> that was really the beginning, me running. And I didn't train much for that one, but we made it through the half marathon very, very slowly, but it was together and that's all I cared about. And then um, she wanted to do a full and that's when we actually started training together and running more. And the more that I actually stuck to a schedule and started getting in miles and the less that the less my body started hurting when I did it, like when I actually trained for it, that half marathon hurt a whole lot because I didn't really, I wasn't really prepared. But um, yeah, so basically though, it was her getting me into that. And then she also said that she wanted to do an Ironman. And at that time I had Ooh. no idea what an Ironman was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do, I will be there with you. And so, you know, I jumped to the pool to train with her for that. Do you notice that you have to change the way you eat because you're so active? Like, how does that look? Sometimes I struggle with it because I think mentally I give myself that out to eat more when I'm actually still not even hungry. Like I did today. I ate a whole bunch today, all throughout the day. And I never even let my body just stop and digest before I was putting something else in my mouth. And it's all because I ran 10 miles yesterday. And I was like, so I know mentally, I'm like, well, I ran 10 miles, so I could eat whatever. And so I do have to struggle with that. Um, a lot of my friends who are also triathletes, like we all talk about eating and um, weight and stuff like that. Because a lot of people who get into triathlon or really any sport, you're, you're usually trying to maintain some level of fitness. And unfortunately, the way it is in society is that's usually tied with some weight loss as well. Yeah. But ultimately, when you do get into these triathlons and ultra marathons and stuff like that, you're not really going to lose weight because you are running so much or biking so much or swimming so much that you're going to end up eating a lot and you give yourself more of an excuse to eat a lot. So I usually maintain my weight the entire season when I'm actually training a lot. As far as what I eat, it's just been, it's actually pretty basic. Like, Bowls are my go-to thing. So beans, um, like earlier today, I just had like a whole can of chickpeas with some seasonings in them. I'll have, I like buying a lot of frozen veggies and stuff. So I can just throw in some frozen peas, broccoli. Quinoa is one of the best things I think to consume, uh, especially going vegan, just because it's filling, it's delicious. You can, it really just, it tastes like whatever you season it like. And it's a better alternative than rice. When I first went vegan, rice wasn't even a thing for me because I had done so much self-teach dieting that rice, bread, and potatoes were the devil to me. Oh, wow. Yeah, because uh, my mind was kind of conditioned to that. Eventually, I got to the point of being like, okay, it's not all that terrible. I still am not big on bread because it's still processed. Ultimately, my goal is to be a whole food, plant-based eater. I want to eat as clean as possible because I think that my body can burn that the best when I am training and when I'm running and everything, um, I don't want to add in all this process crap. Not saying I don't do it, but on the overall scheme of things, like I 
I aim for like 80, 90% of my diet to be very clean. That's great. I know when I used to train, cause I used to be an athlete in high school and I used to try to eat like really clean too, because it made me my workout so much better. Like I felt more energized by my food instead of feeling lethargic and sluggish and everything from eating like French fries and things like that when I was back in the day. So I get what you mean. Having like a yeah. clean training um, makes everything more, it just runs better. You just yep. So how do you keep things interesting for yourself and you and your wife? How do you keep things interesting with your food? Because I know you like a lot of bowls. Do you usually make sauces or how do you season your food? Like, because I know sometimes when you are someone who like to eat, you know, like a lot of simple ingredients, sometimes it can be boring. So I True. Just what you guys like to do to keep things going. Sauce is definitely life. <laughs> yes, it is. Sauce is life. <laughs> uh, and so if I need to have something more interesting, I lately, this has probably just been over the past year. I've really been making like my own dressings and like tahini. Gosh, you could do so much with tahini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it is a great base to just mix in some lemon juice, some ginger, maybe a little bit of maple syrup. Like, and you could just have a bomb salad dressing or any just dressing on the bowl, depending on what you do. And really, when you just start experimenting with that and a bunch of other seasonings like like thyme and basil, rosemary. There are just so many spices that are so delicious that, yeah, I definitely am a big proponent of making sauces and yeah, yeah, tasty stuff like that. Um, I also, I make coconut jerky. Uh, we actually have a company, Fuel Better Foods, where we will marinate and dehydrate coconut meat and we sell it, but like it started because we wanted to keep things interesting as well. So mm-hmm. um, I was making coconut bacon. I found out that you can marinate certain things, coconut, mushroom, eggplants, to taste like bacon. <clears throat> and so I tried it with coconut. It was bomb. I made it for every now and then for a few years. And then a couple of years ago, made it for some friends. And they were like, you have to sell this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of good foods that you can make. And you can definitely get very creative with, um, you know, with the vegan diet and whatnot. So... Do you use a young Thai coconut? Like, what do you? What type of coconut? Yes. Yeah, young Thai. Mm-hmm. Young Thai coconut. We actually sell the coconut water as well. So nice. Um, whenever we make a batch of coconut jerky, we'll send out a message to. We have some a few people who just are who are pretty much addicted to our coconut water, <laughs> and so whenever we have it available, we're like, we have it available, and they're like, they'll hit us up, like, please drop us off some, or we'll come pick it up. So once we pour out the water, we'll scoop out the meat, marinated. We made our own marinades. So we have spicy bacon, Korean barbecue, and sweet maple. Nice. And we marinate them for 12 hours. We dehydrate them for 12 hours, package them up, and, you know, we can, um, we sell it online. And we also go to festivals and whatnot, and we'll sell it in person. And we're, like, cottage food certified. So we've had inspectors come and check out our home factory. So it's been, it's been a really fun journey uh we never intended to start a vegan snack food company but it's just it's just some it's just an experience that has been definitely a fun ride we've learned a lot from it yeah how do you balance everything because I know you said of course you go to the festivals and you're so that's likely happening on the weekends but I know you have a nine to five so being an entrepreneur and trying to run 
you, you know, run your business, your personal page, everything. Like, how do you keep everything balanced so that you're able to still enjoy your life, you know, have a social life and do other things? Because I feel like you're really, you're very social too. When things are going on, I see you on Insta story being a part of that. So <laughs> how do you keep all of that? Like, what's, what, what's your secret? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Let's see. For one, my, my eight five job, I actually have a job that allows good work-life balance. So that definitely helps out. Yeah. Two, my wife, she's a student right now. She's getting an MBA. Mm-hmm. So she also has some time to work on the businesses. And so we really use each other. It definitely helps when you have two people in it, you know, um, to take on the load when the other one is too busy. And then as far as just the social part, it helps to have few better foods is in the community that I really enjoy being a part of. So when we get to do our festivals, I can socialize and I can sell my coconut jerky and I can meet people. Even when we're selling our jerky, it's still a form of socialization for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. And then, and, and actually we have one other business where we, um, we're mobile escape room, Vroom Vroom escape room, where we will, we've created escape rooms and we'll pack them up and we go to companies and do team building and stuff like that. And since we go to companies, usually their events are kind of in the evenings and stuff. So I have time to go to work, get off of work and go run an escape room. Atlanta, we have a big health conscious, entrepreneurial, uh, black community here. And it's just uplifting. Like a lot of the people that I interact with, they also have their own businesses and some of them are doing it full time. Some of them do it part time. So we kind of all understand the hustle, the grind, what it takes to do what we're trying to do. And we all respect each other in that aspect. And I, I really appreciate that in Atlanta. Okay, so how is your morning routine looking these days? Are you someone who doesn't include breakfast because you don't feel like you have the time or, you know, you don't have the energy or you figure that eating healthy is going to take so much time? If you are that person, I understand. I tend to be the person who doesn't really eat breakfast in the morning, not because I don't have time, but I just don't feel like it. I usually just have like a cup of tea or some water. But I will say that I'm the most productive when I make sure that I do start my morning off with something that's nourishing for my body. That's why I'm so excited to be working with Daily Harvest for this episode of the podcast I really enjoy Daily Harvest because they make breakfast a no-brainer for me. All I need to do is just take out one of their smoothies. Everything is already ready. I don't have to chop anything or prep anything. And all I have to do is dump it right into my blender with some almond milk or water, and it's ready in less than five minutes. The best thing about Daily Harvest is that all of their options take five minutes max to put together. They offer more than 50 nourishing options for any time of day. You can get the ready-to-blend smoothies, their savory harvest bowls, soups, and so much more. Daily Harvest is super convenient because they deliver carefully sourced, chef-crafted foods that are built on fruits and vegetables. Everything is familiar, and when you open up each of your cups, you will be able to recognize all of the ingredients in there, which makes it so easy for you to incorporate more fruits and vegetables into your life in a way that really doesn't take much time. I love them for breakfast, but they're perfect for before bed or any other time of the day because they have so many options for you. 
As a listener to this podcast, all you have to do is go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code BROWNVEGAN to get three free cups with your first box. Once again, that is daily-harvest.com, promo code BROWNVEGAN to get you some free food in a way that feels good to you. Once you try Daily Harvest, send me a message and let me know what you think. So I know that your wife was um, instrumental in you getting started as far as your health journey and being an athlete. So are y'all on the same page these days when it comes to food and just veganism as a whole, or has she moved on from this? Like, what does that look like? We've actually kind of diverged a little bit. So I think our end goal is the same. She's always wanted to go whole food, plant-based, almost all raw. And I actually want to get to that same point. But at this point, I actually kind of took it and ran faster than she did. So everything in our household is, is plant-based, vegan. You're not going to find any meat and dairy. But like, if we go out or like we went to Cuba in December, you know, and she might try something, you hear that they have good seafood there. Mm-hmm. And she actually will try that she tried lobster or whatever so we definitely have different views whereas I won't so she actually considers herself plant-based whereas I consider myself vegan gotcha so yours is more the ethics then yes and it's and for me it's the ethics because that is what I needed to keep me in it Mm, preach Preach. (laughs) you are so right because it's so easy to say okay I want to be health I want to be vegan for health reasons I would have never transitioned for health reasons. So that's why sometimes it gets me a little upset when people say that black people can't go vegan for ethical reasons. Because I'm like, I would have never been able to do this, even though there was a little bit of guilt around that. Because I'm like, as a black person, I have so many other things that are going on within my community that are concerning. I also realize that it's okay for us to be concerned about more than one thing. Like we can do that. We can be concerned about animals and people and, and the planet and just everything. It's okay to do that. And if anybody is compassionate and sensitive to that, I feel like black folks, we are the most compassionate and um, when it comes to different issues. So I completely agree with you that it's definitely for me, ethics and, the health would have never kept me vegan. Cause I would have been like, that sounds so good. Cause you pass that, those ranch Doritos, like, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing for you. <laughs> but where is the, <laughs> the ice cream? That's not vegan. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Talk more about that then about as far as the ethics. Okay. So yeah, I exactly would have felt the same way because even being vegan, there are opportunities that I've taken to compromise my own health. I still drink every now and then, you know, like, and I know that it's not healthy. I, I'm not going to be completely healthy for myself on hundred percent of the time. Like that's just not going to happen for me right now. Like, so I'll still have vegan junk food, you know? So I, I know if I'll have those, if my whole reason was for health, then that means I'd still compromise on having, you know, just a piece of pizza you know, every now and then that's not vegan. Mm-hmm. Like I would, if that was my whole, that was my basis, I could see myself compromising on that. So I really started getting into thinking about the animals, thinking about death and just like what we're actually consuming when we are eating animals. Ultimately, I, I don't really agree with killing. It's kind of that simple for me. Like, well, I don't agree with killing. 
Mm-hmm. And I understand that if I eat this chicken, I'm participating in its death. It may already be dead, but my demand for that chicken means that more chickens will be dead. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was, I, I really started focusing on that. Like even when I wanted to veer from my journey or if I had those chicken samples, you know, I still made it clear in my mind, like, you know, this is a dead animal that you're eating, something that had life and doesn't have life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I forced myself to watch those documentaries too, because so many people won't. I've talked to people who just love animals. I mean, they absolutely, (laughs) they love animals. So so they say, right. And it's like, wow, like, well, have you heard of this documentary? You want to watch it? Nope. I won't watch it. And they still eat animals too. They will not watch it. Are you talking about earthlings? Which one? Earthlings, Kyospiracy. They will not watch anything like that, even though they, you know, they're like, oh, but I love animals so much. I understand that this whole system is messed up, but they'll still eat animals. They're like, they love their taste buds more. <laughs> they're right. like, okay. Right. And, but, and then it's, I, they, I know that they know that it's going to be terrible, but they won't allow themselves to see it. You know, I force myself to watch that stuff. I know it's hard to watch. But it's really good to know where our food comes from or what we've been consuming over our whole lifetime and to see the processes that that happens, you know, like right. it's very um, eye opening if you actually will allow yourself to take that step and watch and be like, OK, like it just helps kind of solidify. And mind you, I'm not an animal person. I don't have pets. Mm-hmm. I don't want a pet. <laughs> I barely like other people's pets. <laughs> you know, like I am not an animal person. But that doesn't mean that I still don't think they have a right to live. You know, like, and I understand the animal kingdom and every they all kill each other and the order of, you know, um, how the food chain works and stuff. But we don't need to kill. That's, that's it for me. Like, we don't need to kill. So yeah. it's been a journey and it's, it's spilled over to other things. So like, Initially, I didn't think about clothes and stuff like that. Now, I was never, I'm never, still not a fashionista or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I had a ton of leather stuff. But um, I remember, like, the first time I made a conscious decision not to buy leather was when I was looking for a phone case. You know, I was on Amazon, and I, and I saw that the phone cases, a lot of them were leather. And I was like, oh, I don't think I want to buy this because this is, you know, cowhide or whatnot. You know, but that's my choice. Like, I get, like, like I said, I'm the vegan <laughs> and my wife is plant-based so yeah. she'll eat plant-based the majority of the year and you know like I said I think we're at different points in our journey and I kind of attribute it to the fact that I I know you said I'm not necessarily faking it but because I use the fake it till I make it method I called myself these things before I was actually totally in it you know I called myself a vegetarian before I totally gave up meat I called myself a vegan before I totally gave up eating dairy and egg it made me more accountable for myself yes it's like that's so true it's so much power in the decision it really is like I don't think that making that decision gets enough credit because sometimes people think oh because they've made that decision it has to be 100% perfect and like you said maybe it's not maybe you'll have a chicken sample and I'm not saying in a way to excuse people from that decision but I mean, shit happens. It really does. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's a good point, though, about making a decision, because I do believe in that. Yeah. I always tell people to do that. Just decide. This is Just decide. Yeah. Yeah. Because eventually you're going to want to, you're, you're, you're not even going, you're going to want to be authentic with yourself, too. So you're like, okay, if I keep telling people this, and if I keep telling myself this, 
I'm going to need to step in line soon. Right. <laughs> like, and it opens you, know? you up to, to research and experiment and things like that. You'll start cooking in different things in the kitchen. It'll make you yeah. find out where the vegan restaurants are near you and everything. It just opens you up. So it's good to decide. Yeah. I love that point. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about raw food because I know that juicing is what transitioned you after that third time and run into the bathroom that time after the Caesar salad. So what is it like? Do you typically do like a quarterly? Do you still follow that format as far as like a quarterly cleanse, raw food? Like what does that look like for you these days? Do you still feel like you need to do that? Yes. Okay. So, so as far as juicing every three months, I do feel like I need to do that. And I did do that for like from that first time in 2011, probably up until 2016, maybe a little bit in 2017. But over the past year or so, for some reason, it's been harder for me to stay disciplined for the whole 10 days. Mm. So, and I don't know if it's just because I've been vegan for so long now that it's like, well, do I really need to clean, cleanse all the way? And I mean, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. But, <laughs> or I don't know if it's because I've maybe had more processed foods over the past couple of years than I did when I first went vegan because they're all over the place now. Yes. Um, but honestly, yeah, like at this point, it's actually been harder for me with my discipline to stay committed to a full 10-day juice detox, but I highly recommend it. I'm still working on it. I I want to do one coming up next month and I'm just trying to get rid of all my excuses <laughs> so I can make it the whole 10 days because lately when I have committed to challenges, this is why I do challenges because I'm trying to get my discipline back. I definitely um, have lost some of my discipline when it comes to that. So yes, yeah, so for a long time I did. I did a 10-day juice fast every three months. I felt amazing. My eczema cleared up all the way like I was shocked I remember telling my wife like look at my arms I used to look like a burn victim and until last year I had a reaction and now this whole year I've been back battling my breakouts on my arms but they're looking Mm. better again yeah it was pretty bad last year I got I had a really bad reaction and people were telling me go to the allergists the doctors but I don't really believe in them for real. And, and then I did anyways until they told me the whole panel of what they were going to do and, and the fact that what they were going to do still might not give me answers. And it was just too much. So then I left. Oh, but, wow. And I'm glad I did because I'm, I'm healing. I'm fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm fine. I, I just Because I ultimately I knew I wasn't eating as clean as I could be. And when you're going through something like, the, like an actual health thing and first of all it's not life-threatening it's just you know my skin's broken out it itches it's cracked but I'm not it's not life-threatening I know I have the time to figure it out I know I have the time to work on what I'm putting in my body to flush out whatever whatever is causing this so I don't have to just go right and oh and the doctor of course they did mention here's a prescription for Eladel steroids topical steroids all this stuff I'm not doing that it's not happening so yeah, so I say, let's say I'm going to get back on my 10-day cleanse regimens. Um, and that is also why I've done challenges throughout the few years too, because it makes me be disciplined at least for a little bit of time. It, it, it when you mean, me. Like on social media, like doing it openly with everybody? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I love doing it. <laughs> yes, I love doing it. And if you've ever 
following me when I do a challenge. I do my own. I do them with friends. Um, but if you ever follow me, I mean, I, I don't always make it to the end of them. <laughs> and that's what I love about that. Cause you're so open about it. I know when we met last summer, you were telling me how you, how you feel like that you mentioned that the more you do it, the harder it is to stay on track. And then you also mentioned that when you make it, when you're a little more flexible about what you can eat, you notice that you look eat everything <laughs> instead yeah. of just eating the fruit or whatever the, the challenge is for. So I thought that was important. Like that stood out to me when you said that you shouldn't make any, make it flexible. It should just be, you know, one thing and keep it really simple because it's so easy for you to just pick up everything else on the way <laughs> during yeah, those 10 days. So yeah, yep. it'll be a waterfall effect. So if mm -hmm. I start juicing, if I do a 10 day juice detox and then I'm like, well, I can just eat this watermelon. It's mostly water anyways, then I might juice and eat some watermelon. Next thing I know, I might eat an apple as well or banana. Next thing you know, that turns into some banana ice cream. <laughs> then I might add some peanut butter in it because I'm addicted to peanut butter. And, you know, it just... You no are addicted butter. to peanut butter. Last time I spoke to you, you eat a peanut butter. You do love peanut butter. I do. Uh, my wife has actually had to hide it from me and she's done a terrible job. I found it twice this week. Once in the air fryer when I made some fries. She didn't think I was going to make fries. I don't know why. <laughs> and the other time was in the cabinet when I was looking for something. I was trying to find the top to a bottle. I was looking everywhere. Sure enough, there was a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> so what do you do? Okay, because I know it's different now because you're, like you said, it's kind of harder to stay on track for 10 days. Do you think that maybe you should make it five days then so it won't feel like so much pressure, but you'll still get, you know, the benefits of you just doing it for a few less days? I think that is an excellent idea and option. Okay. And... Um, so, okay. I just did this 30 day parasite cleanse. I could have chose. Oh, level... did you do Dr. Holistics? Yes, I did. Oh my goodness. Yes, I'm doing it in April. Okay. Okay. I mean, May, 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 wait, let me look at my calendar. Cause you know, I was going to do it now and everybody was like doing it now. I'm like, it's cold. Okay. It's snow on the ground. I am not <laughs> doing it that long. So go ahead. Uh -huh. Um, so, <laughs> so with Dr. Holistics parasite cleanse, you can do level one or level two. Level one is you eat from the food list, the alkaline food list the entire time. Level two is you eat it for the first week, the second week you, I mean, the whole time you're eating it, but the first week is you can have cooked food. The second week is like raw food. Then you juice, then you end in water. For some reason, I think it's just in my personality. I'm like, I'm going hard. Like, you know, I've done all this stuff before, right? I've eaten cooked food, uh, raw food, juice, water. So I'm going to do level two. Mm -hmm. I should have did level one. <laughs> and I should have known that because in January, that's this past month is when I was trying to get my discipline back, which I've, I've gotten very disciplined with my running and everything. And I'm working on getting my food back to where I want it to be. But I, at that point I wasn't there and I just jumped to level two. So if I did it again, I would do just level one, especially cause I never had eaten solely alkaline before. Mm-hmm. So that That's was another whole challenge in right. itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is not bad, honestly. Um, I actually really enjoy it. Like, and that's the restrictions I need. I liked knowing that I could only eat from this food list. All right, let's get creative. Let's see what I can make from this. I made a lot of good sauces, good zucchini noodles. I made coconut wraps. I made some really good food until we hit the juicing part. And then that's when I started like <laughs> messing up because I didn't totally juice. And then I didn't have the food. 
ready that I could have eaten to fall back on because I wasn't supposed to be eating food. So I say all that to say, yes, I should have picked level one then. And my next juice, I should probably just do five days so I can work my way back up to 10 days. Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're coming off of like a juice uh, feast? What do you do as far as the first meals? Because I know it's not going to be the Caesar salad or anything like that. So what does it look like these days when you're coming off of one? Usually, um, if, if I'm in a good space, if I'm not coming from just in junk food juicing or just if I, just my mental, like if I'm in a good space where I'm like, I feel great, I want to stay on the healthy track, but I still want something pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, it will be something like a kale wrap, but it's like a really good kale wrap. It's kale. Uh, she has these bacon bits. Thing calls it raw, but technically it's not all raw. This is like this. Um, I use the hummus. They have a soy mayo it comes with. I asked for the black bean hummus, kale, um, some hot spices. I don't know what it is, but it's spicy. I don't know. Red onions, avocado, tomato. Is really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it in the nori instead of the. the oh, I love nori. Yes. That sounds oh, good. Well, yeah, then you would love this. So if I'm coming off a juice fast, I have something like that or something raw. Um, there's a person here. He makes raw pizzas. I might order a raw pizza from him. I really do like raw food. I feel good when I eat it. And it's just, I, there's enough people here in Atlanta who do raw food and it's delicious still. So. Mm-hmm. And I can make my own. So. And like a, they do raw food prep or you mean like restaurants? Uh, oh. They sell raw food meals out of their homes and stuff. Like I said, the entrepreneurial community here. Yeah. Everyone's trying to do their thing. So yeah. Yeah. That's dope. So this was another thing that I want to talk about with you because I think it's so important for people to understand that this is, especially someone who's new that this isn't necessarily, well, it isn't a perfect lifestyle. And when people hear about you eating mostly clean and you're doing marathons and you're doing your thing, it sounds like it's perfect. So I want to talk to you about what your perception of that is. Like, what does that look like for you? Because I feel like you're striving. And if I didn't know you, I would think that you're perfect. You know, I would feel, you know what I mean? I would just like, if I didn't know who you were, I'd be like, oh, wow, that's so amazing. She's running and she's in a pool and she's doing this, she's doing that. But I don't really think that pe- it's people who realize that it, it's, it's a process. You know what I mean? It's, a it's definitely a process. It's definitely a journey. Um, and that's like kind of one of the biggest things I try to emphasize on like Instagram is I try to show my whole journey the ups the downs so like the people who have been following me they know that i as far as running goes i struggled the past just november december i wasn't on my a game i wasn't out there getting miles in so by the time january came my runs were much slower i was hurting and i've had to build back up so i've been documenting the whole process of building back up and the biggest thing i want people to see is it's really about consistency So there are times that I'm not consistent. I fall off and you can see exactly what happens when I'm not consistent. You know, I gain a bunch of weight. I, my skin breaks out, you know, I can't run like I used to. And it it can be frustrating because I know where I used to be. I know how clear my skin used to be. I know how fast I used to be, which wasn't, still wasn't even that fast, but for me, you know, and that's the other thing is everyone's journeys is very specific. So yeah, so I just hope that people realize it is definitely not perfection. It's definitely a journey and consistency is the main thing, the overall thing. That's why 
That's why juicing worked when I cheated and had the quesadilla because overall in the totality of that 10 days, I still mainly had juice. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why vegan is uh, vegetarian worked when I was doing that, even though I had the chicken every now and then, because overall I was still vegetarian. That's why like, it's, it's about the whole picture, you know, as long as you can stay consistent over a long time period, you're going to reap the benefits. You might have dips. You might have to take U-turns and switchbacks and whatnot. But overall, as long as you're consistent, you can get there and anybody can do that. And I mean, the biggest place that I've seen that has been in triathlon, honestly. Like when I'm running these races, I'm literally running with people double my age, triple my age, and they've passed me. I've been in a marathon and at mile 19, I passed a 75-year-old woman. I was feeling great. And about mile 25, I wasn't feeling so great. And here she comes doing her power walk that she was still doing back at mile 19. And I'm struggling and she passes me. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was 30, maybe 31, you know? Wow. Like it was very profound to me because when she came past me, like I knew she was fine. Like she put in the work. It didn't matter how fast she was. She just put in the work. She knew she could finish that marathon and it didn't, and she wasn't an elite athlete. She was a person, 75 years old, who just put in the work to know that she could power walk an entire marathon within the time needed. Mm-hmm. You know, um, When I did Ironman, there's this woman, Lenora, literally double my age. I did Ironman, I was 30. Lenora was 60. Our birthdays are a day apart. Uh, she passed me at the end of the Ironman, which ends in a marathon. She passed me about mile 20 or so and I was like you know how Lenora how you doing she was like tired but she kept going we shuffled past each other for a while for a few miles and she pulled ahead and she ended up finishing before me this is her first Ironman as well she had just gotten into the sport uh two years prior and two years later she's completing a 140.6 mile race and she's she was not an elite athlete and it was just like being in those environments you're like wow like People can really do anything as long as you put, you get a plan, you stick to it, you can do it. You don't have to be a triathlete. You don't have to be a marathoner, but whatever you want to do, as long as you just stay consistent, you could do it and you don't have to be perfect in it. You don't have to be an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. You just be you and yes, <laughs> you know, and you could do it. Yes. I love that. Thanks for telling us that. I love that. I think that's a perfect end to this conversation as you just telling well, us that unless you have, some other tips that you want to give us anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up? Um, uh, Oh, I did want to mention one other thing when you mentioned about black vegans and caring for the animals and stuff. I do want people to realize too, like being vegan, especially whole food plant-based is a way you can also care for black people as well because our food is killing us. Yes. So this is why it's so important for me to try to get this information out there, to get information out there such as the only place you get cholesterol is in animals. The only place you get fiber is in fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, So when we have diseases like heart disease, you have to know that, okay, well, I need to get rid of this fat-laden, cholesterol-laden foods. So that's going to be animals, meat, dairy, eggs. You know, um, If I have these digestive issues, I need more vegetables and fruits and 
like I don't need to get diabetes. Like I don't like these aren't things that we absolutely have to get, but they're running through our communities. And so, yeah, like yeah, I'm ethical vegan because I care about the animals, but I care about us too. Absolutely. Love that. Yes, that's a perfect way to end this. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> Where do you want us to follow you on social media? Uh, how do we order the coconut jerky? Whatever, you, wherever you want to send us, send us there. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, Malena, which is M-E-L-A-N-A, dot joy, J-O-Y, it's my middle name, dot freelove, F-R-E-E-L-O-V-E. And that's where you'll see me posting about food, what I eat, how my training's going, trying to encourage other people to join me, to meet up. I love going to Veg Fest. I I travel to other cities. Yes, that's how you work. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yes, it's a great way to meet great people like you, Monique. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's your website for the jerky? Fuel Better Foods. So fuel f u e l betterfoods.com and you can order the coconut jerky there. Our saying is you got to fuel better to feel better. <laughs> I like that. The difference is you. <laughs> the difference is you. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Thank you so much Melena for being on the show. I appreciate it and I know yep. that you're going to inspire other people to not only be active but to eat well as well. Eat well as awesome. well. Awesome. <laughs> well, I appreciate you having me on here. I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.